one of the most beautiful experiences you can have is to love your child the way you needed to be loved when you were their age is so powerful because remember our subconscious doesn't know the difference between what is happening and what we only imagine so if you can find a situation maybe it's a one-time thing or a daily activity with your kid that is reminiscent of something that you also experienced and you can sort of rewrite history, it is deeply healing to a younger version of you. Hi, I'm Rachel Hollis and this is my podcast. I spend so many hours of every single week reading and listening to podcasts and watching YouTube videos and trying to find out as much as I can about the world around me. And that's what we do on this show. We talk about everything, life and how to be an entrepreneur. What happened to dinosaurs? What's the best recipe for fried chicken? What's the best plan for intermittent fasting? What's going on with our inner child? How's therapy working out for you? Whatever it is my guests are into, I want to unpack it so that we can all understand. These are conversations. This is information for the curious. This is the Rachel Hollis Podcast. Hi, guys. It's Rach here. Welcome to another episode of the show. And our first sunny day in Austin in a while. Y'all, this is not what today's episode is about, but I really struggle with continuous overcast rainy days. I mean, I could do anything, but places like London or Seattle where it's like gloomy and weather and I just, I love, I love the sun. I love the sun and I'm so grateful that there is sun today. And so even though it's not actually warm, I am dressed for summer. I got my neon tank top on and I'm ready to talk to you about parenting But part of today's conversation is going to be how we take care of ourselves and love ourselves well. And for me, the sun is one of those. So I just, I'm feeling really grateful and I want to put that out there. And maybe you can think of something today that you are grateful for. Just something simple that happened in your day that doesn't always happen. And you can find an extra moment of gratitude or appreciation for the fact that you get to enjoy something you don't normally get to enjoy. So that's where we'll start today. Let's just have a real conversation real quick. Just let's you and me have a chat about parenting because as much as we have gotten more comfortable as a society over the last 10 years, I've seen such a shift in talking about the hard parts of parenting, talking about the struggles, you know, we don't see as many pictures of moms in the hospital with their brand new newborn and they look perfect and their makeup's done. Like that was a thing for a while. And now we're seeing like realness. People are posting pictures of themselves postpartum 
and, you know, their boobs are leaking and they're wearing those mesh underwear. And there's just a lot more authenticity when it comes to the conversations we're having about parenting and motherhood specifically. And I'm so freaking grateful for it. But there is a conversation I'm not hearing. And so I will lead out. And it goes like this. Sometimes parenting sucks. Sometimes it's boring. Sometimes I hate it. You're not supposed to say any of those things. You're not supposed to say any of those things to anybody. You're not supposed to say those things to definitely not to the internet. Definitely don't put it out in the world. You're you're not. It's like you're a bad mom if you admit that there are parts of this experience that suck. Or if you admit that there are parts of this that suck, then you'll have a whole group of people who are like, you're ungrateful. Like, I wish I had what you had. Look, I know all of those things are true. All of those things are true. I'm so freaking lucky. If you're a parent right now, you're so freaking lucky. Like, yes, we know all of that. When we say that some part of an experience is painful or hard, it doesn't mean that everything good about it is negated. But because we're not allowed to admit that truth, you shove things down deep inside. It makes you feel alone. When I was younger in my motherhood, it made me feel like a monster because I really struggled so much when they were little and nobody around me ever said that they struggled too. So I was just like, oh, I'm a piece of crap. I'm a piece of crap because there are nights that I cry myself to sleep because I'm exhausted and I don't like this feeling. And not only did I not like the feeling, but I struggled to feel bonded with my kids. And I look back, I just, I understand so much about a younger version of me who made the choice to have my first baby when I was 24 and then who just kept having kids because that's what I thought I was supposed to do. There's so much. I I lacked a lot of knowledge around a subject that is so huge and massive and takes everything. It takes everything to try your best to successfully raise another human being. And if you have more than one to raise, man, it's even more intense. So if we are going to take this on, whether you're mama, daddy, like however you identify, if you're going to take on this task, then we can't just show, you know, the highlights. We can't just show pictures of like everything's perfect and good and right. We also have to be allowed to say, sometimes... I want to just walk out the door and let these kids raise themselves. Sometimes I wish that I could find a traveling circus circa 1942 and just, you know, hand over these, you know, that expression, like not my circus, not my monkeys. I'm like, yeah, here, here, take these monkeys. Like I don't, I'm done. I can't. It's exhausting. It's hard. It's boring. Why does nobody ever talk about how boring it is sometimes? Maybe it's not boring for everybody. And you would think it it shouldn't be boring in a house filled with four kids, but we do the same thing every day. Wake up at the same time, have the same breakfast, make the same lunches, go to the same routines, go to the same practices, 
every week. It's the same thing. And we do our best to mix it up on the weekend. This weekend, we're going to go hiking. We're trying to mix it up, shake things up. And it's still really boring sometimes. And it's boring because if I didn't, you're just like sit here with me for one second. Like just let's let our minds explode over this idea. If you did not have children, if you did not have children, or let's think of it a better way because that stresses people out. If your children were grown, if you snapped your fingers, your kids are, you know, 19 years old, they're in college, they're thriving, you did it. Congratulations, you did it. You got these baby birds out of the nest. They're thriving. They're they're living their life. They're doing their thing. But you're you right now, this age, all of it. You don't have to parent in the same way anymore. They don't live at home. What would you be doing with your life? How would you spend your days? What would you do on a Thursday night? What would you do on a Sunday afternoon? Because if you can answer those questions, and the answers are different than what you currently do on a day-to-day basis, then there's some cognitive dissonance because it means that who you are as a person at your core is not able to completely flourish in the current season of your life. And that is not wrong. That is not wrong. That That is what we have chosen to do. That is what we are doing. It's not wrong, but parts of that are painful. And if we're not allowed to admit that parts of it are painful, it really hurts us. And I think it really hurts our kids. So I want to have a conversation with you about how to enjoy parenting more. How can you enjoy being a parent to your child more than you do today? By admitting that you would like more joy, more fun, more connection with your kids, it doesn't take away from what you already have. But there is no way that you are here hanging out with me if you aren't interested in the idea of tomorrow being better than today, uh, of getting more out of life, of having more in your relationship, more time, more connection, more laughter, more fun. There are things that have really helped me as a mama to enjoy the process more. That's what I want to talk about today. But I had to start with the fact that sometimes we don't enjoy it. And it's not just in the like funny stories and the things that you see on social media. It's not just like, oh, my baby had a blowout diaper. It was a hard day. Or, oh, my teenager's super hormonal and they're kind of acting like a jerk. I had a hard day. There are whole seasons of time. There are whole years of time. There are parts and pieces of this process that feel like a slog that we get through and we persevere and we push through. But can we just admit it? Can we just say, frick, I'd love, I'd love a day off. And I remember writing in my journal when my kids were younger. I, was, I had a really hard day with them. And I remember writing, I wish I could take motherhood off like a jacket. I wish I could just take it off, take off the responsibility, take off making dinners, take off breakfast, take off bath time, take it all off for a day. 
for 48 hours. Just like put it on a hook and then come back later and put my jacket back on. When I had a little bit more energy, a little bit more life, when I felt like I had more to give, I could put it back on and keep going. But that's not how it works. We're not going to get more energy in this process by leaving the process. But I know that it's possible to get more energy from something by finding more passion inside of it. Here are some things that I think will help you enjoy parenting more. Number one is specifically aimed at people who bleed. Okay? In today's episode, I'm going to give advice that works for anybody, but this first one is very important and is specifically aimed at people who menstruate. Okay? If it bleeds, it leads. You bleed, you lead out today. Track your cycle. Number one, best advice I've got. Track your cycle. Now, maybe you're thinking, Rach, what does my menstrual cycle have to do with my enjoyment of parenting? (laughs) Everything. Your menstrual cycle is how you feel and process anything and everything on any given day of the month. And as we've discussed before, who you are today, on this day, wherever we're hanging out and you're watching or listening to this episode, who you are today, if you're someone who menstruates, you're going to be a different person six days from now. And then you're going to be a different person five days after that. Because we go through something called an infradian rhythm. Men have a circadian rhythm, 24 hours in a day. That's how their cycle goes. They they go around and around in 24-hour cycles, which is, by the way, why our entire world functions on a 24-hour cycle. It's not because it's how things work. It's because it's how men work. And men are the one who got to establish everything historically. So we all just fell into routine. If you menstruate, you are a different person every single week of your cycle. One week you have a ton of energy, you have a ton of life. One week you're naturally more enticing, you're naturally more like people gravitate towards you more. It's the week that you're ovulating and that happens because we're animals and you're putting out energy into the world that's like, come over here and mate with me. You've got a week where you're feeling a lot more grounded. The week that we bleed is a week that we tend to have less energy but more insight. Like there are freaking superhero magic tricks inside of your cycle if you know how to work with it, okay? It's huge. Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, The leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas at $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Debit card users, listen up. 
You've worked hard for your money. Now it's time to make it work even harder for you. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can get cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Earn on things like gas, groceries, and even that midday latte. And to top it off, there are no fees, period. Yep, that means you won't be charged fees on your checking account. Transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. If you have never tracked your cycle, then you don't understand that you're going to experience different emotions, both good and bad, on the same days every month. The problem is, if you haven't tracked it, a whole month has gone by since the last time you felt like you wanted to kill everyone. It's been a whole month. So we forget. We don't think of it as our hormones. We don't think of it as the fact that estrogen is surging. We don't think of what's going on inside of us. We think my kids are assholes. We think I'm the worst mom on the planet. We think something's wrong. It's not a bad life. It's a bad day. It's not that everything is going to hell in a handbasket. It's that, you know, progesterone dropped or something's going on inside of you that's making you feel extra anxious. It's making you feel sort of depressive. It's making you feel really sad. But if you are not aware of what is happening in your body, you will blame your kids. In fact, not only will you blame your kids, but it's pretty natural to accidentally take it out on them. My kids are very aware of my cycle. My daughter's too young to really know, but my boys, they know all about it. And they know all about it because they begin to see patterns of like, oh, every time, like once a month, all of a sudden mom's down to have dessert. Like mom incorporates dessert into dinner, which I never do. We don't have sugar in the house. So all of a sudden I'll be like, guys, I made chocolate chip cookies. And they're like, what is going on? And they finally started to realize like, oh, you do this. And then the next week you're on your period, they they started to understand that things would change. They also started to understand that there are certain times of the month you did not, you do not want to, do not step up to me right now. Don't, don't even try. Don't argue. We're not going to debate it. During one phase of my cycle, yeah, man, let's let's dig in. Let's dig into why. Let's dig into why I want you to clean your room. Let's discuss it. Yeah, let's let's get into some philosophy. Let's bring stoicism into the mix. I'll talk to you about it for an hour. But at another week in my cycle, if you try and argue with me about doing something you know you need to do and that we've talked about a thousand times, we're gonna rain down hellfire. I don't know. But if you understand what's going on with your body hormonally, it will give you more information in every area of your life that matters. But most specifically, it will help you make choices to better manage yourself and your interactions with your kids. So a really good example of this, I'm going to talk about uh, adaptogens later on in the conversation. But there is a day during almost everyone's cycle, and it may affect you differently, day 19, 20, 21, 
that we have a huge hormone surge. And for years and years, I didn't know that that happened. So I would feel like a monster, but I wasn't on my period. So I was like, oh, it's not hormones. Because I thought the only thing that was an example of hormones was like PMS or my period. So I didn't know about day 19, 20, 21. And every time it happened, literally once a month, I felt like my life was ending and I was going crazy and I really struggled. And now that I know day 19, 20, 21, as it gets closer to those days, I'm really conscious of like taking a pulse, kind of seeing where I'm at. And if I need to, taking my adaptogens earlier in the day to just help bridge those few days where I really struggle to control my emotions. If you haven't ever listened to it, I did an episode with my hormone doctor that was hugely popular, Dr. Brush. We talked about hormones, perimenopause, how different meds affect you, different supplements you can take that will really help. So if you haven't taken a deep dive into that conversation, please scroll back and find that episode. It is fantastic. But basically, I just really want to encourage you, if you are someone who menstruates, to have as much awareness about that process as you possibly can so you can better take care of yourself, so you can better take care of your kids. Last thing I will say about this, my favorite book on the topic, if you have never read it, is called Period Power by Maisie Hill. Go grab that. We got through that one. Now the advice that's here is for the rest of you. It's for if you menstruate, if you don't menstruate, all of this stuff. If your kids are three, if your kids are 43, like this is all this stuff is going to be for you. Second piece of advice is to incorporate activities that you can do together that you both enjoy. I hate playing with little kids' toys. I said it. I said it. I find it incredibly boring. Oh, like a Barbie, you know, or like a little, like a little kid, little toys, you know, let's play house, let's play Polly Pockets, let's race these cars around the living room. Great. Think I'm a jerk. You can think I'm a jerk. That is fine. Don't get me wrong. I will do it. I do it inside. I am asleep. It it is the is is so boring. If you are like a grown human and you really love playing with little kids toys with your kids, you need to just say a, pre- a special prayer to God and the universe for that gift. Because the rest of us are over here like, room, 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 like this is blessed assurance. So when the kids were little, I knew I didn't like it, but I didn't know any other way to be. So I just followed their lead. Whatever they wanted to play with, I would play, right? Let's do this thing. Let's do a puzzle. Let's sit in the floor and do this for hours and, you know, just want to stab myself in the eye with a fork because it was just so dull. But as they got older and I got older, I discovered more and more things that we both liked to do. My little kids always loved to bake with me. I love to bake. We would bake together. I love going out to eat. 
Turns out my kids also like to eat food. So pretty early on in my parenting career, I would take them to places that I wanted to eat at, not where they wanted to eat. I remember when my son Sawyer turned, I think, six or seven, I said, buddy, I'll take you to any restaurant in Los Angeles, anywhere. Like we go to Fancy, we'll go to Steakhouse, we'll go, you know, anywhere you want to go. And he was like, I want to go to Subway. And in my professional opinion, there is nothing more disgusting in this world than Subway. I'm so sorry. I love a sub sandwich. My formative years were spent as a sandwich artist in a different, not at a Subway, at a, as, at a local place. But I just, I hate Subway. I think it's so gross. And I was like, Sawyer, please, anywhere, buddy. And he's like, no, I want to go to Subway. So that's what we did for his birthday. He's 14 now and still would probably prefer a Subway sandwich. But as long as they have been able to, you know, sit upright, I've been taking them out to dinner. And I really love this for a couple of reasons. One, my parents couldn't afford to go to dinner when I was very young. Like we couldn't afford to go to restaurants. And then later when we could afford it a little bit more, we never got to go. Like they always went to dinner and we never got to go out. And I remember one time, I don't know why or what we were celebrating, but we got to go to a restaurant and it was such a big deal. And we were so excited. And I sat down at the table and I was so excited and I reached to grab something and I knocked over my water. And God, I haven't thought of this in a very long time. And my dad, who had a terrible temper, lost his mind. Like he was so angry. He was so pissed and he freaked out. And it was like, this is why we never take you guys anywhere and blah, blah. blah. And I just remember like shrinking into the smallest version of myself. And like my siblings were mad at me because I had made dad angry. And I just, I took on so much shame about that and so much guilt and like, oh, this is why I don't ever get to go have these experiences because I mess up. And I look at that now through the eyes of a 40-year-old and realize how fucked up that was. I was a little, like younger than my daughter and I knocked over water. I didn't light the table on fire. Like it must have been very easy to clean up, very easy to like handle. And I just think of like my dad freaking out, my mom, you know, being flustered because my dad was upset. Just the whole thing was so jacked. And I'm I'm telling you this because it's another thing. It's the next thing on my list is that a really beautiful part potentially the most beautiful part about parenting is that you get to recreate experiences or you get to love on your kids and a younger version of yourself simultaneously. More on that in a second. I am taking my four children away this weekend to go skiing. And I think if you're a parent like me, you understand how important it is to have a kitchen available to you when you have four kids, which is why Airbnb is always the place that I head to just make the vacation easier. 
And I have always used Airbnb as a place to stay, whether it was for work or family or a girl's weekend. But more and more, my friends are using Airbnb in a totally different way as a business, as a way to invest in property and earn money for it. While you're away, your home could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle, and it's a great way to earn some extra money. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Almost every morning of my life, I have oatmeal. Seriously, during the winter, having something hot in the morning really makes a big difference in my day. Quaker has been a trusted name in oatmeal for over 145 years, which means they've been milling oats since before the invention of the zipper, the stop sign, or ballpoint pens. Quaker has something for everyone, whether it's old-fashioned or quick oats that are good for cooking or baking. And while a ton of things have changed, the good stuff remains the same. Quaker, getting up to some good since 1877. Look for Quaker Oats at your local grocery store. Guys, no two listeners of the show are exactly alike, which means that no two vacations you take are going to be exactly alike either. And if you're looking for a place that will serve all of you, Texas has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities that allow for an infinite number of different travel experiences. I love Texas so much, I moved my family there for five years. Because here's the deal, Texas has it all. Are you a beach person? We got you. If you love a rugged vacation, not my jam, but there's plenty of campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. My favorite part about Texas the food. It is the thing I miss the absolute most. Whether you love barbecue or Tex-Mex or just want to be in cities that take their food very seriously. You can enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. Visit TravelTexas.com slash get your own to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash get your own. My point in this is that I love taking my kids out to dinner and I have done it since they were little. My son's baseball team has like a group dinner a couple times a month and I had signed up and I decided to take the whole baseball team out to what we call in our family fancy dinner. Fancy dinner just means you put on nicer clothes, you go to a restaurant where there's cloth napkins instead of paper and where the menus aren't laminated. And I took, you know, 11 boys or whatever it was and the coaches and I took them all out to dinner, went to a steakhouse here in Austin. And I love the opportunity. I love the chance for, you know, not every family can afford to do that. And that's something I couldn't 
I didn't get to do when I was younger. So I love getting to show up for other kids in that way. But I will say as a mama, I was so proud of my son as I looked around this table filled with boys his age. I was proud of his table manners. I was proud of how he knew to be respectful to the server, how he knew to order food, how he knew what the different types of food were. Like I heard his friends were like, what is this? What is that? And he was explaining what, you know, it seems like a simple thing, but if your kids don't learn that from you, where are they going to learn it? I have gone out to so many business dinners, business lunches, professional settings. And I'm sitting with people who have huge jobs, who have massive roles, and they don't have good table manners. They're literally taking their fork and like stabbing into a steak and, you know, cutting a piece of meat like nobody ever taught them how to hold a fork. Nobody ever taught them where the napkin goes. Never, ever, Nobody ever taught them what to do with the fork and the knife when you're done eating so the server knows to take your plate away. Like you might think that those things don't matter. And I will argue that good manners will always matter. So I loved getting to see him with a bunch of peers. And I felt really good about the fact that we have practiced those things at the dinner table every night. And then we sort of go, you know, it's like the big show. Like you've been practicing this at the dinner table. Now we're going to go to a restaurant. We're going to try it out. It doesn't have to be that. My One of my sons loves musical theater. He's done musical theater since he was younger. We've gone to New York to go to a Broadway show. We've gone to local community theater to see stuff together. Uh, I have a son who is an artist. He loves art. We can, um, we've done those painting classes where, uh, you know, you go and someone teaches you how to draw a landscape or whatever. Look for things with your kids that you both enjoy. It's about the quality of the time that you're spending together. We don't always have control of quantity, especially if you're a working parent. Some of you are working two or three jobs and you only maybe have a little bit of time together and you really want to make that time count. I promise it will be such a better experience if you're both having fun doing it. It's why I travel with my kids and I like I just want to acknowledge, I know I'm naming a bunch of things that cost money, that cost money. At this point in my life, at 40 years old, I can afford to travel with my kids. But even when they were little, you know, I'd pack them up in the car and like, we'd go to like a local trail that we could walk. We'd go, you know, we'd go to the beach. We drive, we lived in LA. We drive from Glendale to Santa Monica and I'd take them to the beach for an afternoon. I'd do things that we could afford in the season of life that we could afford them. And that has changed as, you know, my career has gotten bigger and I can afford to do more extravagant things like take the baseball team to dinner or go on a vacation. But it doesn't have to be money. There's a couple of board games that we love at the whole family. Every single one of us, we all love. And those things are always around. They're like literally on the coffee table. So if we're all sitting around, we can like play a game. Two that I love and want to recommend if you've never done them. There's a game called Spot It. You can get it at Target. Uh, It's this little can of cards at, (laughs) I don't even know how to explain it. This is a little can of circular cards. And on the circular cards is a bunch of little pictures. 
And then there's a card in the middle. And if you have a matching picture, you like, you're trying to get rid of your cards. I'm not explaining this well. Our family plays that game like someone is going to put you in prison if you do not win. We are so aggressive. We are so loud. It is so funny. And in fact, I bought three cans of Spot It so that we have, like, we really go. I know about this game because my boyfriend's family plays it in the UK. And so I know that in the UK, it's called Dobble. Dobble there, Spot It here. Highly recommend. Also, another game called Pass the Pigs. I don't know if you guys know Pass the Pigs. It's like almost like a dice game, but with these little rubber pigs. <laughs> but stuff like that, that we all love, that's gold. So we keep those things around us. So at any moment, we can be laughing. We can be having a good time. We're not trying to force the funk. My boys would love it if I would play Minecraft. I mean, sorry. That looks like the greatest news fest. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry if you're a Minecraft fan. I don't want to make um, a, a block. I don't want to keep away from the green thing with the square head. I don't want to look for a diamond pickaxe. I know. But if we can find things we have in common, then we're both winning. The third one, and this is what I was referencing earlier, do work on your inner child. I assume you're hanging out with me. You've done some therapy or are currently doing therapy because you understand the importance of working on yourself. If you are in therapy or thinking about going to therapy or just maybe you're going to read some books to try and understand and you haven't taken a deep dive into inner child work, please let this be your gentle reminder from the universe to learn more about your inner child. Every single one of us is who we are today and also the amalgamation of every age we've ever been. And when you find yourself acting out in ways where you're like, why did I just get so angry? Why did I just scream at them? Why did I just have a massive anxiety attack? Why did any of these things happen? There's a very solid chance that it's not you as you are today, 40 years old, 52 years old, 33 years old, 22 years old. There's a very solid chance that there is a, a younger version of you who has been triggered. Some Something about what has just happened triggered a younger version of you, scared that younger version of you, and now they have taken control of the vessel. They are in the driver's seat for a minute and they're freaking out and they're freaking out in the exact way that they would have at the age that they're frozen in time. There is so much to unpack with that. Uh, a fantastic book on this topic is called No Bad Parts, if you want to check that out. But there's a lot of books about our younger selves. Here's my point. One of the most beautiful experiences you can have is to love your child the way you needed to be loved when you were their age is so powerful. Because remember, our subconscious doesn't know the difference between what is happening and what we only imagine. So if you can find 
a situation, maybe it's a one-time thing or a daily activity with your kid that is reminiscent of something that you also experienced and you can sort of rewrite history, it is deeply healing to a younger version of you. For example, my daughter has very curly hair. I might've told you guys this recently. I can't remember if I have. My daughter has extremely curly hair. I grew up in a family that was Pentecostal. And I'm not saying all Pentecostals are this way, but our family really cared about hair, really cared about it. My mom had, you know, three girls. All of us had hair down to our butts. And I don't know if it was the church or like the 80s or why, but she absolutely obsessed over our hair being perfect. And so every freaking day of your life, you were going to get an elaborate braid, bows, the whole thing. It was just going to be a huge deal how your hair looked. The problem with this is that I have an incredibly tender head. Like to this day, my I have such a tender head. And I remember countless times just crying, crying, crying as my mom, you know, did these crazy hairstyles on me. And I would say, it hurts, it hurts. And she'd be like, it doesn't hurt. I'd be like, mom, it hurts. And she would say, it takes pain to be beautiful. The levels of therapy I have gone through from this experience alone. But the headline of that experience in my childhood was it did not matter if I was in pain. It was ignored or it was told to me that I was wrong. It doesn't really hurt. It doesn't really hurt. You're fine. Or I just like, I had no voice. I had no say. And so at some point I stopped complaining and I would just stand there and cry the whole time she'd do my hair. It was a, a horrible experience. And now I have a daughter who has wildly curly hair and her hair can only be done a certain amount of times a week, maybe once or twice a week because her hair is pretty delicate and there's a whole process and we can't always shampoo it. And like her dad was black, her mom was white. And so she has hair that is really unique. And I've had to learn over time. I've taken her to some amazing hairstylists who have taught me how to do her hair. And it's a whole thing. That being said, combing out her hair is very stressful for me because on the one hand, I want to get through it. It's a it's a lot. It takes a very long time to do her hair. On the other hand, I the her like being like it hurts, it hurts. It makes me want to puke cuz I like remember that. So I will I comb through her hair. Sometimes it takes me an hour. I go like bit by bit by bit because I don't want to hurt her and because I want to listen to her when she says that it hurts, like I'm like trying to not recreate, but even though it takes a long time and even though there are times where I'm like so tired and to be honest, the last thing I want to do is an hour of hair. When I get through that process, there is this moment when all the tangles are out of her hair and I can like completely comb it through. Every time 
there is something profoundly healing for me in that because I have gone through a situation with her and I have parented her the way I wish I was parented. And I don't always nail this. There are a million different kinds of ways that I feel like I don't show up how I wish I could have. And and all I can do in that moment is just like do better next time. But that is one example of feeling like I handled that well. Another one is my teenagers. I'm really, I'm close with all my kids, but I'm very close with my teenagers and their willingness to tell me stories, to tell me truth, to tell me what's going on in their life, what's going on with their friends. That makes me feel really good because I did not have that with my parents. I didn't, I didn't have that kind of intimacy. I didn't have that kind of trust. I would have gotten in trouble for a lot of the things that my kids tell me today. So I just wanted to say to you, that is such a healing thing to go through that process with your kids and to parent them the way you should have been parented. And not every parent's going to get this because I hear stories all the time where parents are like, well, they should have done this or they're being disrespectful or like, because I said so, or just all this crap that fell out of your parents' mouth in the 80s, in the 70s, in the 60s. It's like, we're still perpetuating these cycles. We're still telling these stories. We're still having this parental ego around our kid being an extension of us. Like, let's do better. Let's do better. And let's do better not by trying to force our children to be this like, you know, little soul, good little soldier, like doing all the things. Let's do better by healing some generational trauma by not repeating the cycles that have been going back in our family tree since William the Conqueror. Okay? We can do better. And it is, it feels so good to you and it feels so good to them. And it feels so good to like the little girl version of you, the little boy version of you who can take a breath. Because when you do things to them, when you, and there's a million reasons why this happens, but when you slip up and, you know, you scream, you open your mouth and your daddy falls out, like you do something, you're like, damn it. I just, I just, you know, became my mom in that moment. When you do that, that younger version of you is made to feel even less safe. And then there's a whole host of shame that comes up because the grown-up version of you knows where that came from. The grown-up version of you can remember what it felt like when someone talked to you that way. So consider this piece of it. Talk about it with your therapist. Get yourself a book. Or just notice in your life, notice these moments where you're like, how can I parent them better than I was parented? The next thing I would recommend to enjoy parenting more is to enjoy your life more. Work on yourself for yourself. Work on yourself for yourself. You are a whole freaking person. And when these kids fly the nest, which hopefully 
if you're doing this correctly, you are not trying to raise children to move in down the street from you and hang out with you every other day. You are trying to raise children to become fully functioning adults who know how to go out in the world and thrive. That's what we're trying to do. So if you do your job correctly, these kids are supposed to move along, meaning there is going to be a day, hopefully, when they have moved out and moved on and the baby bird has flown the nest. And then what are you going to do? This is a season in your life. This cannot be your entire life. There have to be parts of your experience that you do just for you. The yoga class, just for you. Happy hour with your bros, just for you. A game of golf, just for you. Joining a sewing club, joining a book club, learning to contour your cheekbones. Like, I don't care what it is, but you should have something in your experience that is you, not you as a parent, not you in relation to anybody else, but you just for you. It's me over here taking guitar lessons. Why am I taking guitar? Why am I teaching myself guitar? I don't know. Because I want to. Where's that leading? Nowhere. I just It's just something I'm doing. There, there is mad power, mad power in you pursuing something you're interested in with no agenda. You're not trying to turn it into a career. You're not trying to turn it into a side hustle. You're not trying to do anything with it other than <sighs> enjoy yourself. Enjoy yourself. And not enjoying yourself once a month or once a quarter all the time. Work on yourself for yourself and magically you will be a better parent because you'll be a more complete person. The more complete you are, the happier you are, the more fulfilled you are, the better parent you are going to be. Not only because you're going to have more energy and passion to give to your kids, but because you're also going to be an example of what it is to be a whole and complete person. Work on yourself for yourself, and I promise you it will benefit everyone in your life. All right, we're down to my last piece of advice. I'm sure there's so many others, but I can't wrap up this conversation and not also talk about things that just help us to be healthier people. So the three that I wrote down are supplements, meditation, and exercise. Supplements, meditation, and exercise. There's a ton of information on the internet. There's a ton of information in books. Obviously, talk to your doctor, ideally a naturopath doctor when it comes to supplements or a nutritionist that really specializes in natural remedies, not medication. But there are some incredible supplements that can help your anxiety, your stress. They can help to even you out, keep you calm. I take an adaptogen every single day of my life. I've talked about it a ton. I take holy basil every single night and it helps me to be a better human. It helps keep my hormones balanced. I take something called chase tree berry, which is really good for hormones. 
There are certain times of the month where I feel like I need a little bit of extra support and I take GABA, which just sort of calms down my brain, helps my brain slow down. And that's something that I can reach for instead of like, oh, I'm going to have a vodka soda because you know, these kids are stressing me out. I can reach for an herbal supplement that really helps me to like chill and be good, just kind of takes the edge off without needing to resort to something else. So I really wanted to encourage you to look into supplements, talk to your doctor about it, talk to somebody who knows. Meditation, I mean, we're in 2023, so I'm sure you've heard a thousand people talk about this. It's worth considering the practice if you've never done it before. And it's worth researching. If you've tried meditation and you feel like, oh, I can't do it, I can't keep my mind focused, my mind wanders, consider a moving meditation. Walking meditation is fantastic. For me, long runs are a meditative practice. Like I don't always do well with seated meditation. I've got to be in a really specific frame of mind. But a moving meditation is really helpful for me. So maybe it's just that you haven't found the exact right type of meditation for you. The last thing I was going to say is exercise. Every freaking day of your life, every day, every day, every day, move your body. Do what you can with what you've got where you're at. There are endless research studies. We don't even need to debate it anymore moving your body for at least 30 minutes every single day, getting your heart rate up, however that works out for you, is helpful to you in a myriad of ways. Lowers your stress hormones. You're going to be less likely to freak out on your kids. It makes you healthier. You're going to have a longer life. You're going to have a fuller life. Make choices that set you up for success so that you are healthy and good and strong in every single area of your life, your children, your work, your friend group, your family, when you are healthy in mind, body, and spirit, you're going to be able to take care of everyone in your life with intentionality, with grace, with a calming presence. You're just going to be better able to show up as the person you want to be because you're being intentional about yourself first and then how you're able to give to them second. I hope that was helpful, guys. And I would love to just remind you that this shit is hard. It's hard. It's so hard to be a parent. No matter how old, no matter how many kids, it's just hard. So let's honor that. Let's honor that's hard. Let's talk talk about it with your friends. Share this episode. If you have if you know anyone who has a kid, maybe your partner needs to hear this. Maybe your mama needs to hear this. Maybe your mother-in-law needs to hear this. The other mom's a PTA or whatever. Just like, hey, listen to this episode and let's get together. Preferably there are cocktails involved. Let's get together and let's talk about the realities of how hard this is. Let's talk about what works for you. Do you have any ideas? Do you have got, this is what Rachel said, but here's my two best ideas. What are your best ideas? Like if you show up and you're like, hey, I'm struggling with this, you give other people the opportunity to help you, to support you, and also to be like, oh, thank God, me too, me too. C.S. Lewis said, the most powerful words in the English language 
are me too. And when it comes to parenting, we need to be having more authentic, real life, true story, not pretending like this is what it is kind of conversation. And maybe you say it to someone and they don't get it. And you just keep trying other mamas, other daddies, other parents, other gra- until someone else is like, oh, thank goodness. Same. Guys, if you are still here, I would really appreciate it if you would subscribe to the podcast wherever you are enjoying this. If you're watching on YouTube, if you're listening on Spotify or Apple or Google Play, like whatever you're doing, subscribe, please. It would be so helpful. I will be back soon with more information. Until then, remember, I love you and I'm rooting for you. The Rachel Hollis Podcast is produced by me, Rachel Hollis. It's edited by Andrew Weller and Jack Noble. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car. It's the two-door coupe that was there for your first drive. The hatchback that took you cross-country and back. And the minivan that tackles the weekly carpool. For the cars you couldn't live without, trust Amica Auto Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy.